friends. And as always, thanks for joining us. We are broadcasting live from the dining room of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island. We are here as part of the Detroit Regional Chamber's Mackinac Policy Conference, a chance for politicians and business leaders, nonprofits, to come together and try to solve some of the issues that we have in front of us in the state of Michigan. We will be here today as well as tomorrow, catching up with all of the folks. And joining us now is a very familiar face to Detroit Today listeners, Debbie Dingle, Congresswoman who represents Michigan's 12th Congressional District. Debbie, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. It's great to see you here. Great to see you and be in person again. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I want to start here. Uh, This week, Roseanne Barr tweeted out very odd and racist political banter, and then uh, her show was abruptly canceled. And then yesterday, President Donald Trump met with reality TV star Kim Kardashian uh, to discuss prison reform. It's just sort of a crazy, crazy time. We also saw yesterday Sarah Huckabee Sanders say Roseanne Barr should come work in the White House because of the crazy stuff she said on Twitter is reflective of what real Americans are thinking. It's not hyperbole, I think, to say that this is uh, an, uh, uh, the most unusual political climate uh, that, that we've ever seen. Well, I'm going to say several things. One, it is a very unusual political climate, and I have no idea what's going to happen in this election year yet. I'm Debbie Downer and not in a blue wave, but I want <laughs> to be really clear. What Roseanne Barr said was one of the most despicable, was reprehensible statements I've ever seen, and I do not believe that that reflects American attitudes or culture. I think that I, I do. Well, think I think the worry is that it reflects more of what some Americans are thinking than we might want to admit. I am going to say that for her to suggest that Roseanne go to work in the White House is also just disgusting. Yeah. To think that that White House would even think that that's something that should be laughed about or, and I just want to laugh at it because it's so, but I think sometimes that we don't, we got to start putting ourselves in each other's shoes. And I, that's what I, uh, that unease that everybody's, everybody is worried about and should be, in some ways, about their personal lives mm-hmm. and the direction. So I say to people, think about what it's like to be a young African-American mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. in this country. And perhaps a story that simplifies this for me, and this was you know, a number of years ago, probably a decade now, when Matt Cullen, who many people listening to this show know who it was, we were talking, and he told me when he went to U of D High, mm-hmm. he, he was always made to be the driver. And I said, so you never got to drink? You were the designated driver? Why did they do that to you? And he said, they didn't do it about drinking. They did it because if he was driving, they wouldn't get stopped. And if his classmates were driving, they would be stopped by police. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, was like one of those really enlightening moments. And since then, I've spent a lot of time. And the, the disparities between a young African male being in prison, if you, we need serious criminal justice reform. But I say to people in Detroit who want to start screaming, I want you to come down river, and I want you to meet my Teamster, mm-hmm, who worked mm-hmm. hard. They worked 14, 16-hour days, played by the rules, put money, paid it into their, twi- uh, to their retirement fund, and now they're 72 and have been told that that pension fund's going to probably go away. I mean, I had a Teamster that I had a meeting with a group of them a couple of weeks ago, and he said, my wife is dying. What am I supposed to tell her? 
I don't know how wow. we're going to live or what I've got. Yeah. So, you know, it's not either or. If we're going to build a sense of community, why do we have to, why can't we help understand each other and try to make a stronger one community well, that's stronger for everybody? Yeah, well, some of it is fear and and. Uh, it's legitimate fear, I think, on on, 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 a, on many sides, right? I, I am fearful uh, of the instinct that I see among Trump supporters to rally behind these really, really radical policy positions, uh, these super racist statements that come out of his mouth or his supporters' mouths. I mean, I, and I should. I fear for myself. I fear for my children. Um, but I also understand the fear that you're talking about that you hear from some of your constituents in, in places like well, Downriver. You know, go Downriver, talk to the UAW guys that work in the plants. They're not racist. I mean, I've even talked to a, a lot of my guys out of Ipsy who are African-American, and they know why pe- they know why people voted for Trump. I mean, not everybody that voted for Donald Trump is a racist. They were tired of the partisan bickering. This state was devastated by bad trade policies that ship jobs overseas that are... You, you still see the shuttered factories around here. Come down river, the McLeod Steel plant is still sitting empty on that water and eyesore not being redeveloped for anything. You know, D- Donald Trump talked about we need to do something about trade. Now we've got to make sure that it's smart trade policies right. and we're not going to cost more jobs. But, you know, life isn't as simple as everybody wants no, to I make No, I mean, it. the problem is that he hitched those fears, those legitimate fears, to these illegitimate fears of immigrants, of Muslims, African Americans, and and you know it's not just reprehensible that he's doing; it's dangerous in the it's sense very that dangerous. that. It's dis- and if you are, if you are an African American, if you are a Muslim, if you are an immigrant, I think it's really hard uh, to 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 think that okay, well, uh, Trump Trump voters weren't thinking about us when they cast their votes because isn't that just as bad? Right? Isn't it it a big problem that they weren't thinking about what was going to happen to all of us if if this guy became president? I think that if we're really honest, people sometimes just look at the immediate issues in their world. You know, I've said to people, I mean, I really never thought that at this point in my life, in my career, I am a Catholic girl who has had freedom of religion her entire life that I would be fighting to defend freedom of religion. At the, and freedom, I, I, I mean, the Muslim, I live in Dearborn. Right. These are my best friends. They are my neighbors. They are the, I, I, the hatred and the just ignominious fear at times of, you know, one of the worst moments in American history was done by two men from Michigan Mm -hmm, that were members of the Michigan militia Mm -hmm. that did a bombing in Oklahoma. we got to really take a deep breath. And uh, there are bad people. There are evil people. But there are a lot of things that we all got to work together on to try to make our community stronger. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Uh, I'm broadcasting live from the dining room of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island during the Detroit Regional Chambers Mackinac Policy Conference. My guest is Debbie Dingell, a congresswoman who represents Michigan's 12th congressional district. So let's talk about fall uh, and the elections that are coming up. Uh, the Some people say that we're due for a blue wave, a reaction 
to what happened in 2016 and the things that the president has done and said since then. Other people are more skeptical about that and say that the president's support uh, is growing again and that his base is really solidly behind him and the agenda that he's that he's put together. I, I'm curious what your read is on uh, what's coming in, in November. Well, I call myself Debbie Downer because uh, <laughs> I'm not a blue wave. Um, you don't believe that. Momentum. So, uh, I mean, just remember, I'm the one that told you for two years and you thought I was crazy. Yes, that you Donald did. Trump and I was still yelling at you the week before the election and yes, you were still you telling were. me I was crazy. But if you, I, I, I don't, I'd rather be where Democrats are right now than where Republicans are. But I, I'm not, first of all, I want everybody to lose discussion of the blue wave. I think it's going to keep people at home. They're going to think their vote doesn't matter. It's going to falsely suppress. And I think every single candidate out there has got to go in, out there and win people's confidence and win their votes. Mm-hmm. I think that the Trump voters that I saw last year that none of the, some of you didn't see or acknowledge were really real are still very strong. They may not like his tweets. They may not even like some of the language that you and I are talking about. But they think he's shaking things up. They think he's making a difference. They, you know, we had to be careful to not poo-poo a tax bill or Chrysler bringing jobs back to the city or uh, factories coming back home. That matters to people. So I think the Trump voters are holding for the most part. I think they're are, you know, a few that aren't. I think that some of the people that stayed home last time I think are, that's the real key. Are is if you can mobilize those people, maybe you you get a different result, right? So I think some of them, but, you know, the crowds that I was seeing a year ago, 1,500, 1,600, are down to sometimes 30, sometimes 100. You right? know, if you get a big crowd, you get 150. So they're not those original crowds. So, you know, uh, people in some parts of my district Mm -hmm. are very energized. And there are a whole lot of people that are just disgusted by all of it. They're tired of all of this stuff. They are turned off by all of it. And they don't think their vote matters. And they don't want to be part of it. And they're going to stay home. And I don't know. You know, I I always tell you when my gut is settled and my gut isn't settled about what the outcome Hmm. of this election is going to be. Do the Democrats take uh, the Senate in Washington in the fall? Do they take the House? Uh, I think that it will be very close. I am not predicting one way or the other because it really depends what happens. And, you know, it's a long time between now and November. And just look at what happened this week with Roseanne. We have no idea. What, what someone's t- going to say or do, right? And it, you know, we used to talk about a October surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about election week <laughs> surprises the weekend and Monday before the election. Right. So right. we have no idea what um, that is going to be. Yeah. So uh, we also have a gubernatorial election here uh, in in Michigan, of course. Uh, give me your your thumbnail assessment of the last eight years. Uh, with Rick Snyder, who's now in his last year as governor, is this his last Mackinac policy conference? Uh, a lot of people say this this state is in better shape uh, than it was when he was elected. I had a, a debate with our friend Nolan Finley though about that yesterday. He was bragging on Snyder's record, and he said, you know, people in the state of Michigan are better off today than they were in 2010. And I said, well, except if you live in Flint. Uh, or if you live in Detroit. Or if you live in Detroit. I mean, some people are better off in Detroit, but the neighborhoods are still... Sure. Um, you know, the part... It, look, he has done good things, and I'm proud to have worked with him on making sure that the auto industry stays strong in the state, that we're 
Gonna, I, I, it's very important to me to stay at the forefront of innovation and technology, to have a town, to stay the headquarters of autonomous vehicles. For Governor Snyder, he's always going to be remembered look, for the Flint water for Flint. situation. How, how do you, how do you say his name without invoking that? Unfortunately, his legacy. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know how he escapes it. Uh, and we do, the education system here, uh, I, I've steadily watched it. And it's not just Detroit's education. Right. It is. The, the whole state the is whole way state behind. Is way, we used to be known as being the top edu- one of the top education states in the country. Mm-hmm. And we're now not. We've, we're giving less and less to the university system. And oh, by the way, if you're not disgusted by what happened in Flint, well, it had nothing to do with the, this governor. Michigan State is just another blight yeah. on the reputation of Michigan and how did it happen. And it is, So there are a lot of, there are things that are better yeah. and there are a lot of things that will be forever a stain on do, this state. Do, do, do you have any sort of optimism that uh, among the candidates we, uh, we are seeing for that, uh, to, for that race to, re- to replace him? Are you optimistic that any of them can can fix some of what went wrong over the last eight years, especially given the the legislature and the term limits. And I, I wish that our legislature would work together more and really start to take. I think whoever gets elected uh, is well. I mean, I fear some things that with this legislature and a governor who I'm not. I don't know who's going to win sure, on the Republican sure. side, and I'm not going to say anything right. that could. No. Help or hurt any of those candidates. It's two very different candidates. Um, The Democratic side, uh, I think Democrats are going to work very hard. I, by the way, am someone who I I, want to see a Democrat win the state because I think that they'll fight hard to address these problems. But I don't think the gubernatorial election has broken yet. And that's going to impact a a lot of other things. But uh, I've endorsed Gretchen Whitmer. I think Gretchen will try to bring people together, which is something that I believe very strongly in trying to get people together. But I wish speakers and Senate leaders would quit saying, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, because it's not productive. Right. And there's some things we really need to do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Quickly before I let you go, one of the big things that people are talking about up here is RTA and, and whether we take another run at funding that, uh, that, that transit system in 2018 that gets at this whole question of division and regionalism Uh, do you hear from your constituents about this issue and do they tell you they want better transit and are willing to pay for it are they saying "Hmm, things are, are, are fine the way they are so again i want people to put themselves in people's shoes sure you know you go down river we're going to lose two DTE plants. Mm-hmm. Do you know that DTE is 42% of the base of River Rouge? Do I we didn't have, know that. Yeah. We have cities and municipalities that are struggling to pay for their fire, their police, basic and basic services. And they don't think the system's going to help them. Mm-hmm. Now, we everybody want we got a train that goes from Ann Arbor to Dearborn to Detroit that we want eventually to go to Chicago and Pontiac and connect us they want to be part of a conversation but they want people to think about them too and I, I and they know a successful Detroit helps but sometimes they don't feel part of the conversation or hmm. part of who you know how are they going to benefit and we need to remember that it 
to succeed as a region, we all need to succeed. And everybody involved in this discussion needs to figure out how they're going to include everybody and not just drive it by one city. Okay. Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, representative of the 12th Congressional District here in Michigan. It's always great to see you. It's great to be with you, Steve. Thanks Thanks for being here. Up next, we are going to talk with Senator Debbie Stabenow about the Line 5 oil pipeline, the Sioux Locks, and the controversy over the farm bill. And, of course, don't forget, if you miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. You can go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.